Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the fall into emotion. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. I want to read something very interesting to you from The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Said to be the most widely read devotion of all time, The Imitation of Christ. Listen to what Thomas Akempis says here. It's very interesting. He says, For the inner man is heavily burdened with the necessities of the body in this world. Wherefore, the prophet devoutly prays to be freed from them, saying, Deliver me from my necessities, O Lord. He's reading from Psalm 25, verse 17. The necessities of the body. Isn't it true that the inner person is burdened by the lusts, the greeds, the, the hungers, the pains, the angers and upsets and hurt feelings and emotions and responding. How many of you know, as you get older, that when you respond to something, when you become upset or angry, then you get a tummy ache sometimes, or an eye ache, or a headache. And so you avoid situations where you get upset, but then you have to hide from life and walk around on eggshells, lest you become upset. The inner person is heavily burdened by the necessities of the body in this world. You see, when Adam fell, when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, when he fell away from God, he became animal. Yes, he still had a soul. He was a soul in a body. But the body became the, the, the ruling. Now, let me put it this way. It was through the body that the serpent, remember the serpent in the garden, spoke to Eve, and then Eve said what the serpent told her. And so she told Adam about the food and how good it was and how Adam should uh, try to be a big man and do it on his own. And Why does he always have to do what he's told? Why can't he do something on his own? And he could be, he could be a big man through knowledge. Knowledge could make him like a god. That was that was the temptation, and Adam went for it, so he ate. But it was through the body, you see, that the temptation, the substance of the temptation entered, because he ate. Right, you see? He ate. So the temptation was a spiritual thing. It was like a, the will of the wisp. How many times have you had a thought, maybe a noble thought? Have you ever had the... the the occasion where you've had a noble thought, and then all of a sudden, immediately after the noble thought, there was a, a doubt. You know, like you think, you know, God is good, and then in your mind something said, no, he's not. Something like that. A will-of-the-wisp visitor. Well, that's temptation. That's temptation. The presence of temptation, it's a spiritual thing. But it spoke to Eve, and then she voiced, she used her voice, and all she did, she was like a sounding board. She just said what she heard. She just repeated what she heard. She didn't even know what she was saying, basically. But Adam, he should have known better. See, Adam was close, close to God. He should have known better. He should have heard that there was something false in her words, that there was something shallow. It was that she was just saying, 
whatever came to her mind, he should have just let it go in one ear and out the other and dismissed it. But no, he listened and then he acted. And when he acted, the temptation came through the body. So what happened was he fell. He became animal. And when Adam fell, this is very important, when he fell, then he began to experience emotions. Before he fell, before Adam fell, he didn't experience emotions. But after he fell, he began to experience anger, rage, unhappiness. And he began to experience compulsions of a physical nature to procreate, for example, and to defend oneself, you know. What, you know, they're like instinctual. So he began to experience instinctual things and emotions and feelings, and he began to react to the outside world into which he had fallen. So he became a creature of the earth, a creature of emotion, of reacting to the outside and adapting to the outside. And that's what you inherit. You inherit this fallen body that reacts and that is emotional. And yet, you have something, you have a gift from God. It's called your intuition. You know deep in your heart that there's something not quite right about the way you exist and you yearn for something above the scrap heap, above the garbage pile of civilization and everything around you. And it's that yearning based upon that intuitive knowing deep in your heart that eventually becomes the beginning of finding God and then begins the wonderful journey back to your Creator. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. All that would do is cramp my style and besides I want to set you free, not tie you down with more church, more doctrines, more obligations, more labels. People say, I'm a this or I'm a that, or I'm a that or I'm a this. All it does is divide you up from the commonality, the brotherhood and sisterhood of humankind. That's all it does. I don't need any labels. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. We're talking about our fallen nature. A fallen nature that we inherit. Yes, you inherit your fallen nature, but I, I want you to understand that it is a fallen nature. That Adam had a very big fall and he became animal. Now, how about you? When you fall, don't you become more animal? Let's say you become upset at someone. You become angry. You become resentful towards someone. That's a fall, isn't it? It's a fall from nobility. It's a fall from love. It's a fall from patience. You know it is. So it's a fall. And so in that fall, don't you become hungrier and thirstier? Then you look to food for comfort, to drink for comfort, to alcohol, to marijuana for comfort. You become more animal. And you look to your friends, to the, to the herd, to the other animals in your pack. Don't you look to other people then for, for comfort, to reassure you? You become more animal. Now, let's take another example. How about when you become angry? Someone makes you angry. They cut you off in traffic or they say something you don't like and you become angry. Then when you become angry, don't you become animal? Don't you become a little bit vicious? And don't you become cruel? 
you know, like a, like a cornered animal in a cage. You poke at it and it strikes back viciously. Don't you become vicious? You become animal. And how about when you fall? Don't you become more sensual? Doesn't, isn't that included? How many of you had, have had the experience where you went to some activity like a big, um, I don't know, a staff meeting or some convention or something, and there was uh, some temptation in the air, naughtiness in the air, and all of a sudden you found yourself feeling animal impulses rising. Isn't that interesting? So you become more animal. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The fact that you have an animal nature and that when you fall, you become more animal. You inherit that from Adam. That's the proof. The proof that the human race is a fallen race. We're not rising. It's a lie that we're risen apes. It's a lie. The truth is we're a fallen race. And you see it. You see the evidence of it every time you fall. When you fall from fidelity, from honor, from love, from patience, from forbearance, from kindness, from long-suffering, when you fall from those, then you become a nervous, impatient, angry, hungry, thirsty animal, don't you? So admit it. But now here's the thing. The fact that you inherit an animal nature is not your fault. You inherited it from Adam. You can't help it. You got it from your parents, and they got it from their parents, and from their parents all the way back to Adam and Eve. You can't help the animal nature that you were born with. Nor can you help your weakness, your gullibility, your vulnerability, your, your being easily prodded and, and challenged and teased and excited, moved. You can't help the, those emotions rising and those impulses. You can't help it. Sure, you can police them, you can manage them, of course, but you can't help them. But what you can help is your attitude toward your failing. So let's say, for example, that something happens, someone says something or does something, and all of a sudden you find yourself becoming resentful, and you, you become a little bit angry. And maybe you say something with a with a tone of voice, with an attitude, something, something, don't you? And then you immediately sense that what you said wasn't quite right. Now, when that happens, just see, see, your gift, your perception, your ability to see that what you said wasn't quite right, that it wasn't quite fair, that it wasn't quite true, that it wasn't quite loving. Your ability to see that is a gift. It's a gift. It's your God-given intuition, your God-given conscience, which is also intuition. It's a gift. Animals don't have it. They cannot. They can see, but they can't perceive. They can hear, but they can't understand. So, your gift is your conscience. It's a gift from God. And so you see that what you said wasn't quite right. And just see it. That's all. Just see it. And perhaps experience a little bit of, of um, sadness over what you see. That's a, that is a positive emotion. Why? Because you're responding to your conscience. You're responding to your intuition from God. Just see it. But what defeats you, what keeps you stuck in this fallen existence of, of reproducing and dying, procreation and deterioration, this fallen existence of eating and drinking and partying and 
this wheel of misery, what keeps you stuck in it is, is the excuse, the rationale, the justification. When you do something that's not quite right, don't defend it. Don't make excuses. Don't use rationale. Don't defend your wrong. Just see it. Because when you defend it, when you excuse it, when you justify it, why she said that to me and why he did this and why everybody's doing it and why it's just, uh, it's just uh, you know, I had a rough day. You shouldn't bother me when I have had a rough day. See, when you make an excuse, when you rationalize, when you justify, then all you're doing is you're keeping yourself down. You're keeping yourself in the mud. You're keeping yourself in that fallen existence. But when you, ad when you see you're wrong and you quietly just admit it, now you are standing on the bright side, looking at the wrong in the light of conscience. And your inner self is not burdened by the necessities of the body, but your inner self is, well, maybe troubled by what it sees. See? And that's, that's the beginning of repentance, to see in God's light and to understand and to know that there is something true, there is something pure, there is something good, and that's what you yearn for. And when you stand in that light and see your own wrong and don't defend it, that's the beginning of true change, the beginning of regeneration and of being uplifted and returning to your Creator from which Adam fell and to which you may now return because of what Christ did. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome back to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is supported by contributions from listeners like you. To view our many free resources and make a contribution, visit SheddingShackles.com.
Welcome, everyone. I began by reading to you from Thomas Akempis's Imitation of Christ. He said, For the inner man is heavily burdened with the necessities of the body in this world. Then he went on to say, Woe to those who know not their own misery, and yet greater woe to those who love this miserable and corruptible life. For to such a degree do some cling to it, that if they might live here always, they would care nothing for the kingdom of God. So I began today's program by talking to you about this fallen existence, Adam fell. When Adam fell, he became an animal. He experienced emotions. Emotions for the first time. Yes, before that, he had known peace of mind and joy and perhaps delight and awe and wonder as he marveled at God's great genius and God's wonderful green emerald isle that we have for earth. But he didn't know anger, fear, rage, hurt feelings, depression, sadness, anxiety. He didn't know those. But he began to experience them after he fell because he became animal. He became animal. And so I, I want you to realize that this fallen that, that emotions are evidence of, a, of the fallen animal. Just like when you become angry and vicious and cruel and mean and resentful, you're more animal. Okay? Because you fell, somehow you fell from agape love and from faith and from fidelity and from honor and from long-suffering and from patience. You fell and you became animal. But I went on to say that you cannot help the fallen animal nature that you inherit, nor can you inherit your propensity to, be, to respond emotionally. You can't help it. That's the way you were born. You inherited it from your parents and from grandparents and great-grandparents all the way back to Adam. But what you can't do changes your attitude toward it. You must neither condemn yourself nor condone when you see other people making mistakes and living like animals. You must not condemn them nor condone them. It's not a question of condemning or condoning. It's understanding. You need to understand your own failings, but you have to have an attitude where you just look at them and see that there's something wrong with this animal side of that we have inherited. Just see it. See your failing and don't excuse it. When you fall, when you become angry, when you become impatient, when you become greedy, just see, see that you have fallen. That's all. Just see it. And don't excuse it. That's the main thing. Don't excuse it and don't justify it. Then you're just left with the failing. And then perhaps you can come to have understanding, especially if you use the little meditation that I have. So you can get closer to your intuition, begin to have understanding. Now, I want to talk about something called animal magnetism. When you look at nature, you see that animals are drawn to their environment. Animals are pulled. You know, you watch dogs, they go keep going back to the same place. The cats go back to the same place over and over to revisit where they had been before. You see, you see it. They revel in, they revel in the smells and uh, of where they've been before and the sounds and the scents and everything about it. They 
keep going back. You keep going back over and over. They're drawn to it. They can't. They, 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 there's a magnetic pull or a magnetic attraction. Look at it either way. The animal is attracted to the environment, and the animal and the environment draws the animal. So it's really all about the environment, isn't it? The environment is really in charge of everything, and the animal just responds and is drawn and pulled by things. See? So how about people? When you fall, when you fall, then after you fall, that becomes your environment to which you fell, and then you're drawn to it and pulled to it and attracted to it, and you revel in it and wallow in it, and you worship it because it bested you, it overcame you. And even though you, it may sicken you, you go to your beer and you vomit your, in your beer, as someone said so, so well. But yet you keep going back to it over and over and over because you have been corrupted by it. It's your environment, your animal environment. And the biggest fall of all is what resentment. Fall from faith and fall from love. Adam, Adam fell from faith, didn't he? He doubted what God had said and reached, so he fell from faith. But then, of course, he also fell from love. He didn't love Eve enough. He didn't love God enough. But most of your falls begin, you inherit doubt. You're a creature of doubt. That's all you inherit. But you fall from love when you resent. So when you fall, when you resent, when you resent anything, you now become subject to that environment. Experience a big bout of resentment somewhere, and you may become allergic to the things that are there in that environment. Experience a big bout of resentment towards someone, and then you become... You find yourself being drawn back to them, just like an animal is drawn back to its environment. You, you find yourself drawn back to the person that you resented. See it. Admit it. Don't resent it. Watch it. Meditate to gain understanding so you can understand your failings. And then rise above them. God shows you. God lets you know what the truth about your failings so that you might rise above them, not by struggling with them. That only enmeshes you. You can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but with understanding, with patience, with God's love, with God's help, with God's grace, you may overcome them. When you make an excuse, when you rationalize, when you justify, then all you're doing is you're keeping yourself down. You're keeping yourself in the mud. You're keeping yourself in that fallen existence. But when you, when you see you're wrong and you quietly just admit it, now you are standing on the bright side, looking at the wrong in the light of conscience. And your inner self is not burdened by the necessities of the body but your inner self is, well, maybe troubled by what it sees. See? And that's, that's the beginning of repentance, to see in God's light and to understand and to know that there is something true, there is something pure, there is something good, and that's what you yearn for. And when you stand in that light and see your own wrong and don't defend it, that's the beginning of true change, the beginning of regeneration and of being uplifted and returning to your Creator from which Adam fell and to which you may now return.
because of what Christ did. You remember the words of Shakespeare in the famous soliloquy, Hamlet, I think. He said, life is but a walking shadow. A poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, filled with sound and fury, but signifying nothing. Well, that's the false life of the world. The false life that gets into people. But it's not the true life. It's not eternal life. It's not life from God. You were very close to the life from God when you were a little child. Very close. You must refine that, Christ said, unless you become as a little child. And then you'll be able to see the falsity. See, your problem was you reacted to the falsity. You either believed it or you resented it, or you believed it and resented it. Or you didn't believe it, but you resented it. But it's everywhere, that falsity. You know, you have a young person walk into a corporate office somewhere, and they're fresh and innocent. And years later, they come out, and they're totally changed, and they become false and shallow. But don't let it happen to you. If it has happened, which it has to some extent, then just see that it's happened. Don't resent it and realize it happens to everyone, and now you can forgive them. Now you don't have to hate people anymore. You see that what was operating through them, they, it, it was beyond what they, they didn't know how to handle it. Now you know how to handle it. Stand back. Get the meditation. Stand back and watch. Let God's magic light do its work and redeem you and save you from it and restore your true life and your true identity. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Yes, it really is a good book. I highly recommend you get it. You really have to have a thorough grounding in what it means to be a husband, a wife, parent. And so it'll help you to put into practice some of the things that you learn on this program. But don't forget the meditation. It's extremely important. Remember, this is an infomercial. I'm only on once a week. So you've got to write down the web address and visit it so that you can benefit from the resources. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.